If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. You're with Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk TNT Radio. From the Rocky Mountains of Denver, Colorado, my name is Charlie Robinson. Thanks for hanging out with me for the next hour. If you want to connect with me, the email address is charlierobinson at tntradio.live. You can connect with me there. You can follow me on Twitter at Macroaggressions, where I argue with robots on on Elon Musk's platform. Or you can go to my website, theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. Let's start off with some headlines today for Thursday, December 21st, 2023. This is out of Texas. Daily Mail reports, quote, Austin's Soros-backed district attorney is slammed for allowing man who killed two people in seventh drunk driving incident is allowed to walk free because his charges were reduced. This is utter insanity, of course, but you guys voted for this. You voted for these woke Soros district attorney weirdos that have infiltrated uh, not just Austin. Don't feel bad, Austin. You're not alone. You can look at Los Angeles. You can look at San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, Chicago, St. Louis, Philadelphia, New York. They've all installed Soros-connected district attorneys and then acted surprised when crime was off the charts. But um, that's what they want. They're destroying America from the inside. They've got you get your money goes a lot further when you finance these local races as opposed to throwing it into the uh, abyss of a presidential race. Also, according to the College Fix, quote, there were 19 campus hate crime hoaxes in 2023. Oh, you see, it appears that we have a supply and demand imbalance in the hate crime industry. You see, there is currently more demand for it than there is supply. So you have to make them up with artificial hate crime hoaxes. I wish I wish I could say this is going to go away sometime soon. It's probably not. Expect racial false flags to happen. That's uh, right on schedule. Put that on your 2024 bingo, uh, bingo card, shall you? And from the Gateway Pundit, who could it be? Former president and several well-known individuals will be named in list of more than 170 associates of Jeffrey Epstein set to be unsealed. I have bad news for the general public. Don't get your hopes up on this one. Uh, the CIA and the Mossad have had four years to manage and manipulate this list. The FBI has had this list for a number of years as well. This is going to be a limited hangout. I'm sorry. Your favorite bad guy probably won't be on this list. And a lot of the ones that should be will not. Um, this is a case of the intelligence agencies getting involved and manipulating this data to, to benefit some and protect others. Nothing new. This has been going on for a very long time. And finally, from Zero Hedge, quote, self-checkout kiosks at 4,500 Walmarts now offer buy now, pay later loans for basic items. This is not good. This is a sign that the wheels have fallen off of the economy. Now, it was one thing when you wanted to put um, a, a new big screen TV on your credit card bill. We've seen this. There's nothing new about that. But the problem is when you are a nation, that is $1 trillion, $1.08 to be precise, in debt just in credit cards. 
Um, that's an average of $6,000 per account that has a credit card. This is uh, unsustainable. And as we start to slip into the new year and watch the wheels come off of the banking system, boy, I got a really bad feeling about this. They're talking about how customers can purchase electronics, apparel, toys, and many more items except groceries by spent, uh, spreading the payments out from three months to 24 months with a company called Affirm. Uh, the Bank for International Settlements report mentioned that these services are mainly being used by young adults with a very low level of education and maxed out credit cards. Look, if you don't understand the trap of credit cards at this age, you're probably never going to figure it out. And if your credit cards are already maxed out and you're having to go to the buy now, pay later paradigm just at Walmart in order to get the things that you need to make it through the next couple of months, boy, we're in real, real trouble here. Student loan repayment moratorium now lifted. That I think is also exposing this house of cards and uh, the balances have jumped just since 2022 by 15%. It looks like the house of cards is about to collapse. Look, I think it goes down to this. You cannot borrow yourself into prosperity. If you missed your favorite TNT radio show or interview, simply listen back when you want, whenever you want. Just visit episodes on the TNT radio website. We are also on all the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, iHeart, and TuneIn. Now there is no reason to miss out on anything on TNT radio. Talk that matters. For once, we just need to do what's best for this damn country and not what's best for the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The Irish government is taking legal action against the UK over a controversial law that halts new investigations into crimes committed during the decades-long conflict in Northern Ireland and potentially grants immunity to perpetrators. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Ooh, uh, hiding war crimes, Adam? This is this uh, this it sounds downright American to me. <laughs> yeah, I dare say, are we going to have a trouble? Are we going to have trouble troubles here? Uh, this this is actually a part of recent history that I need to um, work on. I, I I I'm not very not very well versed on this whole thing, but it is a pretty big deal, um, and there is some legal action now. What this involves, Charlie, is something called the. Well, the short term is the Troubles Legacy Act. This is something that the UK has put forth, uh, and Ireland has decided to uh, begin a legal challenge against the UK uh, for this. Now, the government of UK has vowed to defend uh, this thing, and it's quite controversial, apparently. Its full name is the Northern Ireland Troubles Legacy and Reconciliation Act, and it became law just recently in September. It established an ICRIR, an Independent Commission for Reconciliation and Information Recovery. Boy, that is a mouthful. And it limited new criminal investigations and civil actions related to the Troubles. More than 3,500 people suffered violent deaths during the Troubles. This was 30 years of sectarian strife in Northern Ireland, which was ended by the Good Friday Agreement in 1998. Dublin and Northern Ireland's main political parties oppose the Troubles Legacy Act, arguing it gives amnesty to criminals and removes access to justice. 
the Irish Deputy Prime Minister Mikhail Martin announced on Wednesday the decision to begin a legal challenge against the UK government under the European Convention on Human Rights over its decision to offer immunity for Troubles era crimes. The Tenashte, it's a fancy word for his position, argued that instead of proceeding with the 2014 Stormont House Agreement, Westminster chose to, quote, pursue legislation unilaterally, end quote. The Stormont Agreement proposed mechanisms for the retrieval of information for families and examination of unsolved murders carried out during the conflict. Mr. Martin said, quote, the British government removed the political option and has left us only this legal avenue, end quote. In response, the UK government called Ireland's call for legal action a, quote, unquote, misguided act. The Secretary of State for Northern Ireland, Chris Heaton Harris, said the UK, quote, unquote, profoundly regretted Dublin's decision. Um, Mr. Heaton Harris said, quote, we will continually we will continue robustly to defend the legislation, including to ensure that the work of the ICRIR can continue without impediment while proceedings are ongoing. The overriding purpose of the Legacy Act is to enable more victims and survivors to obtain more information faster than can be achieved under current legacy mechanisms, end quote. According to the UK government, the Stormont Agreement, referred to by Ireland, did not represent a cross-party consensus on how to carry out the deal's provisions practically. Mr. Heaton-Harris said the Irish position was to take a victim-led approach while accusing London of trying to move away from criminal prosecutions. The minister said, quote, we believe that the Irish government's stated position on dealing with legacy issues is inconsistent and hard to reconcile with its own record. At no time since 1998 has there been any concerted or sustained attempt on the part of the Irish state to pursue a criminal investigation and prosecution-based approach to the past, end quote. In its opposition to the Troubles Legacy Act, the Irish leadership said that since the legislation was first tabled, it has been consistently incompatible with the ECHR. Uh, Mr. Martin stressed in his statement that the incorporation of the ECHR into Northern Irish law is a requirement of the Good Friday Agreement. Irish Prime Minister Leo Varadkar said there was, quote unquote, no option but to task the European Court of Human Rights in Strasbourg with carrying out a judicial review of the Troubles Legacy Act. Uh, and Amnesty International has welcomed Ireland's, quote, state level challenge, end quote, to the UK. Grain Teggart, Amnesty International UK's Northern Ireland deputy director, said, quote, victims should be at the heart of how the troubles is addressed, not swept to the side with denial of rights imposed. We hope this critical litigation will bring all troubles victims closer to the justice they deserve, end quote. So it's a lot of UK Irish politics, but it's it's a pretty big historical event that took place. And um, yeah, I think if I had to pick a side here, I say good on you, Ireland. But what do you think, Charlie? Well, it's I must confess, it's also been a blind spot for me it, with regard to my historical understanding of this. Unfortunately, just about everything I know about this conflict came from the mainstream media, so, which is to say I know nothing. So... I would uh, I would always err on the side of anybody that is going up against the British establishment. I'll tell you that without even knowing who's on the other side, because I know the the history of that 
criminal enterprise. And um, and I think you know, listen, in in the United States, we 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 call this Rumsfelding, you know, where you where you just say, you know, mistakes were made and this happened in the past and we're not going to spend too much time focusing on this. We're charting a course forward and all the all the buzzwords that you say without ex- admitting any sort of guilt. You you just sort of say, you know, if we're ever going to get past this, we have to we have to move on into the future. You know, we can't be looking back all the time. Well, look, when you've got a a, a batch of victims they deserve a little bit of time for you to to take you know take the effort and look back on what has happened and 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 to whitewash it and say mistakes were made and we're 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 moving on from this that's a disservice to anybody that that was actually actually affected by this and i think that this was something that had gone on like you said for 30 years i mean it's a long process of so um I, I would love to see some justice for the people that were that were involved in in this that were on the receiving end of this but um but but justice and 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 the UK establishment I mean those are two incompatible concepts right well some of their crimes were so egregious it it led uh, folks to go start their own country some 247 years ago if I'm not mistaken right. <laughs> <laughs> we're living proof of it Charlie uh but you, yeah, yeah, because you're, yeah, of course you're American. You're in Colorado. You say it every day. Silly me. Um, but yeah, no, I, the least thing I understand is uh, geopolitics um, outside of my own, you know, own country. I, I understand we in America have terrible foreign policy, but uh, I'm trying to learn everything I can about how the rest of the world operates. Um, but yeah, I don't, the, the troubles, it was, it was a violent conflict. Uh, it went on for quite a while. Uh, I did some brief research that officially says more than 3,600 people were killed and up to 50,000 injured. So it's a pretty big deal. There were lots of victims. And then to be told by the basically the government who inflicted the damage to you that, hey, you know, let's just forget about it. Let bygones be bygones. You know, I would stand my ground as well, I suppose. Yeah. And the Irish people have a long history of being a real pain in the ass when they need to be. And uh, hopefully this is this is and I say that with the utmost respect. This is a time to be difficult when dealing with uh, that system. You can't uh, expect them to give you anything. You're going to have to take it through pressure and 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 political means and however you can. Um, I have about as much respect for the the system of government there in in London as I do for the system of government in Washington DC which is to say as soon as I start seeing obelisks in places like the city of London and Washington DC I, they start to lose their credibility with me as far as a, a place where I think I'm going to get get some sort of actual justice and 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 uh, retribution but uh good luck to the Irish I hope to you know for their sake that they're able to um to to get some concessions to get whatever they're seeking from from the British government because it's this has been like you said I mean there's there's a there's a long history of countries that have been on the other side of the fight against the British government and have found themselves either being enslaved occupied colonized or eventually in our case we just simply break away from them right yeah and I would suggest, Charlie, if I may, that if the listener knows of a good guest recommendation who could cover this topic quite thoroughly and school us on this, let us know. Just head over to the website, tntradio.live. There's a guest suggestion form. Fill it out. Send it in. It's easy peasy. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. This is something that uh, I think you and I both could benefit from if we had a little bit of a advanced understanding as to how this whole thing goes on. Because I'll tell you one thing, what I know from from my textbooks and from my mainstream media, it ain't much because it came from establishment sources. Thanks, Ruckus. I'll see you tomorrow. After the break, we've got Steve Poikinen from AM Wake Up and Graham Dunlop from Grimerica. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. The double standard is out there. It's so obvious. It's so frustrating. Eric Holder gets held in contempt of Congress for defying a congressional subpoena. Nothing happens. Obama's DOJ didn't pursue it. Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro defy a congressional subpoena. Joe Biden's DOJ criminally prosecutes them. Criminally prosecutes them for defying a congressional subpoena. And now we've got congressional subpoenas of Hunter Biden and James Biden, the resident's brother. And guess what? Nothing's going to be done by Merrick Garland, Barack Obama, Joe Biden's DOJ. That's right. I said Barack Obama. Obama's the shadow president. He's not the one pulling the strings. He wasn't pulling the strings in his own administration. You know, Valerie Jarrett was his minder. Where is the Iranian-born Valerie Jarrett these days? Haven't seen or heard much of her. It's because the Democrats are smart. Timothy Shea on today. News Talk, TNT Radio. Affordable housing, we can build that. Sustainable housing, we can build that. At MIT Modular, we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design, cost, and functionality. Our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. Our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification, five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are Opportunity Zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702 or read more at MITModular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that. The human mind is like a computer, no matter how efficient it may be. Its reliability is only as great as the information fed into it. That's a campaign promise. Tell us the truth. Tell us the truth. We mandate that the truth be told. You're hearing it. TNT. We're back with the Charlie Robinson Show. My first guest is the host of Slow News Day and the founder and co-host of AM Wake Up over on the Rockfin and Rumble every Monday through Friday in the morning time. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Poikinen. Hey, Steve, what's, what's going on? Charlie? How are you, you, my friend? Heck yeah. I'm good. I, I, listen, I, I want to get into this story that you guys were talking about. This is sort of like breaking news, I suppose. I mean, nobody's nobody else really talking about this. Two Russian diplomatic planes arrive in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday morning. And on Wednesday, uh, Washington Post decides to drop the U- Ukraine war header on its website. Is this is this just coincidental? Is there something going on? What are the Russians doing in Washington, D.C.? Um, what do we make of this? Here, here's what's fascinating, Charlie. The flight 
numbers on the plane match to Sergey Lavrov's personal diplomatic plane. So it's that Lavrov or his immediate assistant who went to D.C. to talk about this, which if you recall just a week or so ago, there was a little blip across the radar about Zelensky not attending a security briefing. That he was being pushed out of, uh, you know, detailed conversations that were having to do with the immediate future of any sort of Ukrainian offensive or defensive operation. And so with Zelensky out of the picture, you've got a week or so later, Lavrov or Lavrov's immediate junior, plus a couple, yeah, at least one other Russian diplomatic plane landing in D.C. And then, as you noted, Almost immediately on the header across the top of the Washington Post online, where for nearly two years we've had nothing but Ukraine, 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 please, dear Lord, just let us rob you for more months. We need more billions for, if you listen to Andy Blinken yesterday, American arms manufacturers, personal bonuses and nothing else. Uh, But we have to do that. That particular header gone. Ukraine war? What Ukraine war? We got Christmas in Israel to think about. We we won the war, Steve. I mean, where's our victory in Ukraine day? I mean, I still have my, uh, you know, I'm still, I'm, I'm still uh, supporting the troops and, and, and having people wear a mask on my Twitter byline. I have to change. I forgot to even change it to Ukraine one. This is, this feels disgusting to me, of course. I'm glad the, I mean, if the war is over, good. Uh, we never wanted this in the first place, right? Because because this is this is a, a catastrophe of of epic proportions. You, you an entire generation of Ukrainian men gone, lost, killed, maimed, whatever in this meat grinder. Of uh, who knows how much money the United States has sent in the form of actual military supplies. A lot of that, as Anthony Blinken mentioned yesterday, 90% of the funding never even left the United States, right? It came, it went straight into the pockets of Lockheed Martin and and Raytheon and Boeing. And so it reminds me of Confessions of an Economic Hitman by John Perkins when he's talking about these deals that he's making with countries it, for his his company, which is known, which was called Maine, which is like the equivalent of a Halliburton. And the thing that he, he explained, to, not just in the book, but to me personally as well, was that that money, the two billion dollars that the IMF and World, uh, you know, uh, World Bank had 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 earmarked for this development of a some Ecuadorian uh, dam that they were building, hydroelectric power plant. He said that money never even made it to Ecuador. Yeah, we had them approved for it, but it stayed in the U.S. It went to my company, you know. And so when I hear Blinken talking about how, oh, this is going to be great for the arms manufacturer. First of all, who cares? Second of all, not my responsibility to make sure those guys get their bonuses. When when people are literally dying in the tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands on battlefields, the whole thing is just totally disgusting. But is this how a war in 2023 comes to an end with deafening silence and just the removal of a website logo? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because to talk about it is to talk about what really happened. And that's for years, NATO had violated agreements, encroached further and further up to the Russian border, overthrew 
the sitting government in 2014 eventually installing this cocaine-addled hack comic pretending to be president and used this clown to get talked into what is a, the latest numbers somewhere around like six, 700,000 Ukrainian troops gone. Uh, you talked about the meat grinder, but it's the meat grinder and it's the economic hitman version for the great reset for the introduction of the 15 minute city country of the central bank digital currency rollout with all of the surveillance tech that comes along with it, which you heard Zelensky himself talk about. I don't know, it was about this time last year, maybe, or maybe February or something. Come on down to a uh, crazy Vladdy's uh, house of international development. If you BlackRock, if you Vanguard, if you anyone shade the dirty, Come down, Vlad got you. We're selling entire country wholesale. Like, and everything he did the. Must, everything must go. <laughs> We're yeah, having a everything already went. We give away millions and millions in refugees. You take them, we stabilize your country later with a little neo Nazi. It'll be fun. Yeah. But I mean, and, the, yeah, the, the whole country's gone. Yeah. And and what did what did Whitney Webb write about uh, about the middle of 2022 talking about how the white nationalist movement in Ukraine was set to be exported into the United States from Ukraine uh, right on schedule. We've got a war winding down. We've got a lot of uh, leftovers there that I'm sure will be piped right into the United States so that they can give us the domestic terrorism boogeyman that they are begging us for. But Charlie, also, who better to help us defend our southern border from the invasion than our brothers in arms from the Azov Battalion? Oh, Lord, this whole thing makes me sick. Uh, I never like it when our politicians are uh, negotiating in secret. I never like it when I just don't like them existing in, in general. But I'll tell you what, uh, I one thing I do like. Uh, I do like any war that's coming to a close. And if this is the way it has to get wrapped up, then that's the way it has to be. Better now than uh, six or seven months from now. Uh, we'll be back with Steve Poikinen on the other side of this break. This is TNT Radio. What brings you here? News Talk Radio. TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. The Colorado Supreme Court ruled on Tuesday that former President Donald Trump is ineligible to appear on the state's primary ballot. Scientists from Adalta, a biotechnology company in Melbourne, and La Trobe University have made a significant breakthrough in malaria research. A former Haitian senator, John Joel Joseph, was sentenced to life imprisonment by a federal judge in Miami for his involvement in the conspiracy to assassinate Haiti's president, Javanel Moise, in 2021. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda, it never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. We're back with Steve Poikin and Steve 
If you are a U.S. military Delta Force or Navy SEAL guy and you're on a mission, a covert mission that nobody knows about, where you're supposed to murder or kidnap another country's leader and you get caught, I have some advice. Don't panic. Just be patient. Because if you wait long enough, the United States government will trade somebody in exchange for your release. And we see that Alex Saab was released back to Venezuela in exchange for the two Marines that were trying to zap Maduro back in 2019. Predictable? Surprised? Is this what the, did you have this on your 2023 bingo card, Steve? Well, I did have Alex Saab being freed before Julian Assange on my bingo card. I did. For sure. Uh, I'm I'm le I'm legitimately surprised that the Biden administration did this though because why draw attention to Venezuela right now when just last week you were about ready to help Guyana go to war with Venezuela and that was very narrowly averted mostly by the Guyanese uh, and definitely not the United States. So it, it is weird. But uh, when I was thinking about it, I, I was like, well, uh, this does draw a direct link between Alex Saab's arrest, the botched assassination and attempted overthrow of Maduro and largely Venezuela ties it right back to Donald Trump, right as there, you know, yeah, every time Donald Trump gets arrested or something bad happens to him or he gets an indictment, his poll numbers go up. He just got booted off of the Colorado ballot. The Biden administration would love to tie anything negative seeming to Donald Trump. The release of Alex Saab, the right wing hates him, Alex Saab, they, they forget conveniently all the time when they talk about Donald Trump's anti-war rhetoric that he had a miserably failed coup attempt in Venezuela. So now you're going to bring these guys out. You're going to put them right in front of everyone. Alex Saab in all of this is probably, probably a little shady, mm -hmm. likely partially guilty of some of the things that he was accused of, but by no means the, you know, the socialist financial usurper that he's being painted. Uh, and the two, the two Green Berets are, they were trying to do their job. They blew it. They got caught. They're lucky they got home. And now they've got to sit there and thank Brandon for saving them. Like all around, it, it just seems like a stunt. Yeah. But if the Biden administration pulling some sort of weird media stunt, how dare you, Steve? I would have never. I mean, I would, this is the whole the whole component of this. If you actually, I'll tell you what the 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 guys getting caught in Venezuela back in 2019. I know it was under Trump's watch, but it felt like kind of like a Biden operation. If you're if if I'm being honest, with you. you know, it's sort of disjointed, and then there's this really a little bad Keystone copy. Yeah, bad media look where you've got them all handcuffed and sitting on a dock with shirts off. And it's like, oh, are these your guys? Are these the covert? Or is this the best of the best? Because we rounded them up with a couple of rowboats out there in the in the harbor as they were trying to play. So that felt 
very uh i don't know it felt like the junior varsity team maybe was running this uh we saw maduro earlier a couple of years ago with that drone that sort of exploded near his face while he was giving that speech and the guys went to cover him and and all that so look the the united states would love to blow this guy up for sure i mean they they they're, they're actively trying to but does this does this throw a monkey wrench in their plans for doing that in the future? Or is this something that they just put on ice and maybe give it another try once uh, once sort of the, the everything settles down? They've got an economic partnership to push in Venez with Venezuela's neighbor in Guyana. They've got massive uh, oil capabilities. So I think they're going to try the economic hitman route. I think that may be what this signals is a more traditional approach and a less botched uh, attempted coup approach. Um, but we're, you know, we're also dealing with people who not only have had botched attempts at blowing up Maduro and get trying to off Maduro. Remember who was in charge of Latin America during the failed coup attempt? It was Elliot Abrams and it was John Bolton. And those were the two clowns that were whispering into anybody's ear with operational authority. And so no wonder it was a botched attempt because these guys have been using the same oafish heavy-handed tactics since the mid-70s in terms of how to destabilize Central and South America. Yeah, and ironically, I just put out a macroaggressions episode yesterday called The Dirty War of Operation Condor. So I was all kind of in my head about regime change operations in South America already. And then when I see this, I'm like, well, this is what we do. This is, we give them the silver or the lead option, right? Uh, the only thing missing in, in the Venezuela side of things that, that we saw in Argentina and Chile back in the uh, early 70s is the Pope being involved. Are we Should we expect the Pope to come parachuting in at some moment and get involved in the Venezuela con uh, conflict? Or is that too much? I mean, the Pope's got a lot going on right now. I don't know yeah, if you've seen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he does. <laughs> He's got a bit on his plate. <laughs> Hasn't been the best month or so for the Pope. But um, but uh, look, I have seen random people. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I've seen random people tweet out like, hey, so is the Pope allowed to be a heretic? I'm just I'm, I'm asking for a friend. I don't really know how Catholicism works. Yeah, well, listen, that that picture of him walking across the stage in the building where you can see out into the audience and it and it looks like the, I mean, it looks like because it was built like the the mouth of a snake and you see this and you go, "Am I supposed to just pretend like I don't see what I see in this?" I mean, the the, the Vatican has the Vatican's got some questions to answer, right? They have got some blood on their hands for a long long time. I know people like to think that that it's like, "Oh, there's a separation between church and state." Well, Go check out Operation Condor, and then you tell me if there's any sort of separation between any of this. When you've got a tool that is as powerful as the Catholic Church, you're going to use that tool from time to time, right? Well, 100%, especially if you come from the school where the, you're everything, all you have is a hammer and the entire world is a series of nails. If you can't exploit the situation via resources, if you can't exploit the situation via longstanding, you know, traditional feud, then religion, heck yeah, let's do that. We're, we're trying to start a holy war 
in the Mideast right now, or we're at least fully funding one and all of the rapture-ready neocons that have been hanging around D.C. for the last 50, 60 years are salivating over this. It is mind-boggling, however refreshing, that the Israeli narrative has been completely crumbling over the last several weeks. Turns out yeah. live streaming a genocide doesn't make people have all the warm fuzzies right before Christmas. No. And of course, when you mentioned that this is a school of thought, it's coming out of the, a certain school, I would suggest that that school is the School of the Americas, formerly located in Fort Benning, Georgia, otherwise known as Coup School, which was responsible for training 60,000 high ranking Latin American uh, soldiers into how to overthrow their government. Hey, Steve, where can, where's the best place for people to find you and support your work? amwakeupshow.com everything else goes from there we are live as you mentioned monday through friday on rockfin and rumble from 7 a.m to 10 a.m pacific time uh, and then anywhere and everywhere else you can find it that's steve poikin and we'll be back on the other side of this break with graham dunlop from grimerica this is the charlie robinson show we'll see you after the break de-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective hello all you lovers of good weather this is your climate and weather watchdog meteorologist joe bastardi and of course we're in the holiday season everybody is happy there's world peace all over the place the climate issue has been solved. Maybe it hasn't been solved. Anybody remember that old Steve Martin routine? Steve Martin is an American comedian where he goes, you can be a millionaire and not have to pay taxes. That's right. Two simple ways to become a millionaire and not pay taxes. Number one, make a million dollars. Number two, whenever someone comes up to you, say, I forgot to pay my taxes. Two simple ways of doing things. I was thinking about that. That is such a simplistic approach. Now, when I look at the climate spokespeople, specifically, let's say AOC, she was a bartender. All right. Now, of course, she's a member of the U.S. Congress. And then we had Greta Thunberg. And I put up a meme this morning on Twitter, which, by the way, was wrong. She actually did get out of high school. I don't know how she got out of high school because she was leading a strike every week. But she's a high school graduate. Then we have Al Gore, who flunked out of divinity school. Shock. <laughs> At Vanderbilt. And then, of course, John Kerry with his D in geology. Now, that's fascinating because at least in geology, all you need to do is look at what happened before. At least in the climate, you know, you are looking at what's happening before, but you're trying to measure it against what's happening now. And of course, meteorology, you can forget about it because that's actually trying to predict everything in the future. But the good news for you is that here is something you can make a ton of money with climate change and you don't have to have any expertise at all. Now that should be a threat to you PhDs out there that are making your living on this because if you get a bartender and a high school graduate to become major spokesman, what does it say for that PhD in climatology? This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. The challenges our planet's animals are facing sometimes feel a bit heavy. The animals haven't eaten in a day, two days. They haven't drank anything. They're cold, they're dehydrated. But remember, there's good happening right now. At home. All right, we were able to get into your unit and we have all four of your cats. So, uh... Okay. And around the world for any animal, any disaster. Search ifa.org forward slash disaster ready. 
Today's conversation, Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. My next guest is the co-host of the Grimerica show. You can catch that at grimerica.ca. And also, he's the audio voice and narrator for many audiobooks that you can find over at adultbrain.ca, including the Unabomber's Manifesto. Ladies and gentlemen, Graham Dunlop. Hey, Graham, how are you, man? I saw the Good. Unabomber's Manifesto over there. I was like, hang on a second. I might need to download this. This is right up oh, my yeah. alley. How <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Yeah. We did that well, one with some extra essays as well. So that's like your extended manifesto version. Oh, it did, was it like, well, listen, he's making a good point. <laughs> like halfway through it, you're like, well, you know, I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's one of our best sellers. Yeah. Oh, I bet it is. Well, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in Canada here. I see Health Canada stats on life expectancy and mortality rates are out. Um, listen, you have a you have something known as medical assistance in dying, maids, yeah. and that took the yeah. lives of ten thousand willing participants that signed up. Uh, I think in twenty twenty two. I'm not sure what that the was, numbers are for for this year. No, that was actually twenty twenty one. I think twenty twenty twos went up thirty thirty percent from that. So I think it's around thirteen fourteen thousand. So it and it's hard to find those stats. The the twenty twenty one ones were going around quite a bit. Yeah, because we're in twenty twenty three now, right? So yeah, it took a while for the twenty twenty two ones to come out, and they're still kind of hard to find. But they went up quite a bit. They went up from three percent of the overall deaths to four four percent, three point one percent to something like four percent of the overall deaths are are made made in Canada. Yeah, made in Canada. Can you explain for the audience what exactly is going, what that means and what they're doing and how you would find yourself in a program like this? Because it seems like early on, the criteria was very specific and yeah. then they opened it up. They changed a word or two and it was like, oh, you, you know, in the first round, it was, you have to be death eminent. And then the second round is, eh, you know, it's it just, you know, around the corner, maybe. Well, and people are scared that it's going to get to the point where they're, they're sort of threatening that it's going to become a mental health thing. So anybody with mental health or addiction or, you know, depression, no matter what age can kind of start. That's this is the slippery slope that we're on here. And uh, yeah. it's, it's it's gone up in some provinces like Quebec. It was at six percent or eight percent is quite a bit higher. So that's that's uh, that's a lot. I mean, I have a friend. My mom's friend uh, chose that way, you know, and. I can kind of see if if you are in that like imminent death situation that you might want to go a little earlier. But I just I just think it's a slippery slope when you're getting into mental health stuff. Like because shouldn't we have solutions in Canada right now for that kind of stuff? Shouldn't we have a lot of care for people that are going through mental health struggles or addiction? But the whole system's broken here in Canada. I mean, it's yeah. it's uh, well, especially how do you how do you accurately quantify mental health? Right. I mean, like yeah. it, on, on what grounds is it? Do you have a psychologist that says, listen, man, this guy is out of his mind. He needs to be euthanized. I mean, this is the stuff that the Nazis were doing in 1933, where they were rounding up all of the sick and the mentally infirmed. And that was a very broad term. And they were exterminating them and getting rid of them. Because, listen, if we're building this Third Reich, master race, whatever, we can't have we can't be bogged down with all this riffraff down at the bottom fringes of society. So let's get rid of all that stuff. And and that was, of course, rightly sort of like, uh, uh, you know, demonized by the by historians that look back on that as, as like, whoa, that's a really, you know, a, a very authoritarian line to take with with people in your in your country. 
But I'm not even really all that surprised to see it in Canada, though, because I've over the last couple of years, I mean, what Trudeau and what um, what has been going on in your country has felt very authoritarian and heavy handed from the trucker convoys to, to medical assistance and dying. Right. Isn't this this the idea that you're going to let the state be in charge of determining the criteria for what what mental health issues uh put you in a light for, for you to actually be killed by the state. This yeah. is crazy. Well, oh yeah. Well, we're also a nanny state, right? Like when I go traveling in the States and I'm in national parks and I see like some of the things we travel on, like the, the pathways and the cliffs and the, you know, in the national parks, it's like, you feel like they would never allow that in Canada. I mean, we are like so careful. You'd have to build guardrails there and everything would have to be, you know, certified and inspected and all this. It's, it's quite the nanny state, but the thing is there's, there's uh, excess deaths. There's uh there's increased mortality and and they're they're talking about it on the mainstream it's very weird to see right now them talking about this stuff openly on on some of the mainstream channels and yet they're just ignoring the reason right nobody wants to mention the jabs or anything it's all just oh it's extra cancer it's extra this and that it's uh, addiction they use that as as the one one reason there's more overdose they never want to say the jab so this is in nova scotia and also in canada and then you know there's record uh Un, unspecified cause of death now is like at a record level. So before, I guess that would be a minor thing. You know, you don't, you put like, unspe what is the exact term they use here? Um, unspecified causes. Yeah, that's a 300% increase in that. The other thing that there's a 300% increase on is your wait time. So if you get diagnosed with something at your doctor, it takes you seven months to get treatment for it. Whereas like in the 90s, I think it was maybe a month or two. So that's, tr that's tripled now. In, uh, now we're up, up to like a seven month wait from this study uh, from the Fraser Institute, and uh, the 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 mortality or the um, the life expectancy has gone down to now eighty one point three. I know that's higher than you guys for some reason in mm -hmm. in the states. It'd be interesting to like really dig into why it's still higher in Canada, but it's dropping. So it's been dropping for the last couple of years. But it must be climate change. That's my guess. Must be. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And you you know what's so, weird? I was I was narrating a book today. This is an old book. So this is why it's so weird that uh, we're talking about made in Canada. I'm reading a, a book today from the 1800s, the late 1800s from Ignatius Donnelly. And it's a, uh, it's kind of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for with uh, when the world sort of implodes and it's a, like a dystopian, it's a dystopian novel called mm -hmm. Caesar's Column. And he's talking about uh, being in New York in 1988. So he's predicting like he's kind of the sci-fi thing. And he's talking about how, they're allowing people to commit suicide. You go to these rooms and he, he's got like two huge paragraphs on how these uh, philosophers uh, made it become acceptable in this new society to just like, just end your life by the government pills whenever you want. It's really creepy. Wow. Yeah. Well, 150 that's years ago. Yeah. Well, listen, that with these, it, it makes me think of the British Eugenics Society. It makes me think of all of the stuff that they were working on with the round table and Cecil Rhodes and and how they've um, how they've always wanted depopulation. They just never I mean, maybe they never dreamed that they could get to the point where what if we could convince the people to kill themselves? You know, like then then <laughs> then we wouldn't even have to worry about this. We could just. I, I saw something disgusting um, out of Canada a couple of months ago, and it was a it was and I wish I could remember the name of the store, but it's like a it's like a, a, a chain of stores. They have them in the U.S. as well. And it's a clothing store. And they were they were doing a commercial for this store and they brought in. 
somebody that was doing voiceover for it. It was a lady and it was a lady discussing how she was in the medical assistance and dying program. She had picked her date and it was filmed out like on a beach and she's kind of walking across the beach. And, you know, it's this very serene, peaceful um, commercial. I felt like a commercial. It was more like an infomercial. It was like three minutes long. And, and it struck me. I was like, why are they selling this concept of state sanctioned suicide as like a lifestyle choice. It felt to me like the, it, it was like an Abercrombie and Fitch ad or something. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, look at this lady just living her her best days. You know, the, the last couple of days of her life. Isn't she stunning and brave? I was like, no, this is horrifying. The, 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 and it didn't make any sense that, that you know, it wasn't it, this wasn't put out by the Canadian government. It was put out by a clothing store. That was trying to sell this as some sort. Is that is that the direction that we're going? Are we going to start having this branded as some sort of lifestyle choice? Well, I'd like to know if the Canadian government funded that. I mean, they did fund uh, eight hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars worth of uh, influencers, like even small influencers, YouTubers, Instagram people, TikTokers, to push to push the jab and this other stuff. Like it's coming out now that the government actually is paying paying influencers. So maybe they're, maybe they're giving these uh, subsidies to corporations to push their thing too. But I mean, why they do it, it seems to me like it's a virtue thing. They're just, they're trying to be virtuous and caring. I think, I, I don't know, but I mean, at a higher level, I think it's part of the, part of the depopulation program. I mean, it seems to be happening from all things. The, the, the addiction overdoses are at record. Like, so, so BC is quite a nanny, nanny province, right? And they just they just legalize hard drugs as well, and harm reduction is becoming a real issue. Um, they've they're at overdoses are at the at an all time high in, in BC, and they're trying to make excuses for it. Oh, there's more people coming to the province, but that's another thing. So 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 that's another problem that's going on. It's contributing to the the thing. There's the ignoring of the jabs. The ICU in Ontario is at a high in four years right now. How how are they how are they even functioning? They're at they're at a high, and after all that we've been through. Ontario's ICU is at a high right now. And there's wow. BC hospitals that are having problems in their emergency rooms with, with doctors and with, with wait times in their emergency rooms. I mean, very strange. So I think it's, I think it's a bit of both, you know, I think at the surface level, it's a virtue signaling thing. Like, Hey, we care about people. We don't want you to suffer. We don't want the addicts to suffer. Like we're, we're all for harm reduction of the addicts, but never mind about the people in the neighborhood, you know, like don't force them to use inside, let them go on the streets and use in front of, in front of the, the neighborhood. Like it's, it's very strange. Yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, virtue signaling and I wanted to get into this other story that you, you had, uh, which is uh, Hasbro toy, toy manufacturer, uh, wizards of the coast, 1100 layoffs right before Christmas. Did wokeism kill dungeons and dragons? Well, I think it did. Uh, you know, I mean, they might they might use the excuse that it's changing from a book type game where they sell books to everybody and it, and it's going online to these virtual tabletops, right? So it's kind of turning into, you know, because especially through COVID, it really increased people are playing online with each other. I mean, it's the one sort of thing I do outside of the podcast and the books and stuff, right? And I'm seeing this wokeness creep into Dungeons and Dragons. And at first I'm like, that seems a bit weird. What What are they doing with that? Why are they playing around with these races and why are they upset about this and that? And now years later, like it's, it's, they've jumped the shark. And at the same time as they're laying all these people off. So I'm like, is it really, is it really that they're moving from paper to virtual or is it that people are just fed up like I am? Cause I see it in my group of friends. 
I see like, or like people that would just love Lord of the Rings, for example, right? They're seeing like, right. it's, it's paralleling what's happening in Hollywood, right? They're getting rid of the hero's journey. Like the, this is the mechanics of them actually getting rid of it out of a creative storytelling environment. Right. What is your elf's pronouns? Well, yeah, that's the thing. And elves can't inherently be smart anymore, right? And orcs can't be dumb and big. Like they're taking out inherent evil. So they're, they're literally... This is my opinion. They're literally trying to erase the hero's journey. Why would they want to erase the hero's journey? Like no more sort of Luke Skywalker, no more kind of Frodo Baggins, right? right. The, the world that you're trying to build is not, no longer inherently evil. The, the monsters aren't inherently evil. And don't call them savage. You can't even talk to your the land that you're creating as a civilized portion of land anymore. It's so disgusting and lame. Um, we've right. watched what Hollywood's done. I mean, we've we've watched the listen, they've got the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs uh live action film that they've had to put on ice for the next. I think they said they're gonna release Disney's gonna release it in 2025 because they replaced the seven dwarves with like normal sized people and, and different colored people, and they're like, Well, you know, I mean, dwarves can be all kinds of, of shapes and sizes. It's like, no, no, not if you're following the story, you dummies. It's that <laughs> they can't. In the fact, you're like, well, we have to have one that's this, and and Peter Dinklage made a big stink, and he didn't want us using little people, so we have to like, oh, so what are you doing? What are we doing? Are we going to lose all of these classics? I mean, you're somebody that records audiobooks, like as part of a, a huge part of what you guys have been doing over there at AdultBrain.ca, which I, I would suggest people go check out. You you know about the hero's journey, you know about the classics, you because you've and read there's, them. There's, there's a reason times. why. It resonates with you, right? Because it's a really yeah. mythical thing. It's like Joseph Campbell, they were onto something back then about these myths, right? You want to be the hero that saves the world. So so this is what they do now. Every reprint of these digital books is an opportunity to do a new inclusion review on previously published content. So they have these diversity and inclusivity consultants going through, like you could just picture them going through the book word by word and just picture making a, a campaign with your friends and, and they're going to be the heroes that save the world from this huge evil, right? Which is no longer, there's no longer this inherent evil anymore. I mean, even the most evil monsters you can think of can't be really evil anymore in this thing. And picture not being able to use the words like mad or madness or insane or tribal or crazy or civilized. You can't use dark elves anymore, dim-witted, simple creatures, half-breed offspring, raving lunatics, primitive, hordes of orcs, slavery. I mean, slavery is one thing, right? Wouldn't you want to be a hero to like end the slavery of the, the tyrant King or the monster. I mean, that would be a big part of you would think an evil empire, right? You can't even talk about it now, right? You might offend somebody. Savage well, barbarians, fat, dark. I mean, how do you, I, how, what, what are we going to end up with here? A, a, a drab gray world. Now you understand why people would complain about the, the creativity and the art from the communism, right? Because it, it yeah. all just ends up, it just ends up, just gray and drab. Well, I think that the only color that will be acceptable for the bad guys will be orange. And the only name you'll be able to give them uh, is Donald Trump, right? That, that'll, <laughs> that'll make all, all of them, them happy that they can't, uh, that they, they've, they've discovered, they found the bad guy. The bad guy is Donald Trump. You can't, uh, you can't say anything else. Hey, uh, Graham, what do you guys have? Uh, what are some of the, the books that you guys have coming out? You got to have anything from Alexander Solzhenitsyn? Uh, no, on the way no, by any chance, no, but is we have a medita meditations is coming out from Marcus Aurelius. That was an interesting cool. read. And nice. uh, the Kabbalion as well. 
And the master key system, the master key system is like a new thought kind of thing before, uh, before Napoleon Hill stuff. It's actually sort of more in depth and more mechanical than Napoleon Hill's. It's really interesting. The Kabbalion is about the Hermetic principles uh, from Hermes Trismegistus as well. So it goes through the, the Hermetic principles. I love it, man. I think for people out there that hear about these old books but don't have the time to read them, maybe get an audio book, maybe one that Graham has uh, has recorded. That's it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern. If you want to connect with me, Charlie Robinson at tntradio.live is the best place to do it. Thanks, everybody. I'll see you all tomorrow. Tomorrow.